Welcome to What's My Thesis. I am your host, Javier Proenza. Every week, my guests and I share the answers we found to the questions we have. Join us as we explore and expand our worldview through research and ask, what's my thesis? And today, my guest is Michael Anthony Garcia from, uh, are you in Austin right now? I am. I am. Oh, okay. I'm based. And from what I understand, you're a performance artist and also an instructor. Uh, where, where do you teach? I'm actually an elementary school teacher. I'm a literacy specialist. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. And then I guess you're just also very active in your practice. And I thought like your education or hood and uh, <laughs> converged as it, as it often does with like educators that are artists, but that's uh, amazing. So uh, you teach elementary school, like just basic, are there actual topics at that age? Like, do you have like biology and stuff like that? I forget. It's been so long. Um, not biology, <laughs> but um, we do have, you know, reading, math, science, social studies, social uh, very, studies. Gen very general, very general stuff. But, um, but yeah, but I'm a literacy specialist. So I, I work with reading. You work with reading, but they have specific separate classes or is it one teacher that teaches all of that at, 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 in elementary school? Uh, each teacher does all the subjects. I'm, okay. I, I'm, I, I do interventions, so I work with students that are struggling with reading. I got you. Um, uh, but then this year, because of uh, the pandemic and everything, I am also the full-time third grade teacher on, in addition to what I'm doing. So yeah, I get to do all the subjects and my other job. <laughs> Well, yeah, I would have definitely needed your services when I was in school because <laughs> I'm dyslexic and I had uh, considerable issues with reading. So uh, I, I already like you. You're helping kids like me. <laughs> <laughs> We're off to a good start. Awesome. Uh, so, um, so tell me a little bit more about like Austin. I mean, I know I've had other people from from the area, but obviously mm -hmm. different communities, different experiences. You're yeah. uh, Gar a Garcia. So uh, it, what's mm -hmm. what's your Hispanic background? Uh, my my parents are both uh, Latinx. My mom was born in uh, Mexico, so okay. She's uh, yeah, immigrated when she was sixteen. So. And your dad is was and born here. He was born in New Mexico. In New Mexico, Latino family, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, and so does he identify as Chicano, or is that like because I know that that's a very specific thing that I have very little relationship to being Cuban, but. Is that like something that everybody in of, of your dad's generation would have been into, or is that like mostly an LA thing? I don't know. Um, yeah, so I was born and raised in, in El Paso, and that's where my parents met and lived most of their lives. Um, so there was that element in you know, <laughs> in amongst uh, the world there. Uh, but I wouldn't say that he particularly identified. I mean, he 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 clicked with lots of different kinds of people, so. He may have, and I just never knew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But he's, you know, at the dinner table, he doesn't go off on, like, tangents about it. Oh, no, it's, no, no, no. No, no. <laughs> no, he, no he, he never did that. <laughs> okay, my dad is Cuban, so. <laughs> mm, mm. You can see where my experience informed that question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Enough about Castro, dad, gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and la patria and all that nonsense. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's hilarious to me. But um, so, yeah, man. So, uh, so how long have you been in Austin? Was that like you? You? How long were you in El Paso too? Because I, I, I had you. You were introduced to me by Robert Jackson Harrington. 
So yeah. he's also from El Paso, I think, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. originally. That's correct. That's in, correct. In do you guys know each other from way back? Is like, is this like a long time, or do you guys met out in Austin? No, we met in Austin. Um, I was uh, curating an exhibition at the Mexicarte Museum here in Austin, and um, I was trying to kind of broaden the scope of the artists I was looking at for this uh, Latinx-based exhibition, and uh, a mutual friend of ours who eventually became part of our collective that, that we were part of, uh, introduced us at an opening. And I had seen his work, but I just never kind of connected him to the person, the work to mm-hmm. the person. Uh, we, we just hit it off. And, and in fact, we like invited him to be part of the collective pretty soon after. And nice. yeah, we've been pretty What's good friends. What's the collective called? Los Outsiders. Los Outsiders, okay. Yeah, yeah. So we're a curatorial collective. So we don't... Uh, generally make work together we just curate other people's work so yeah so that yeah. it's sort of like how monte vista projects is out here as well mm, okay. and like yeah there's um there's a bunch of that going around that's mm. just like the people that i know because they're like yeah. it's molly shulman and who i mentioned in the last episode and the last guest is sort of uh, acquainted with the people from there so LA and Austin sound like they have yeah. a lot of similarities. I think that th- yeah. it's also it's awesome when there's collectives like that that uh that's you know I mean there's also like there's definitely a place for vanity vanity galleries and whatnot, but mm-hmm. it's it's a good way to keep your curl- curatorial practice up, I imagine. Oh yes. Yeah. yeah. In terms of being accountable to doing that. Um tell me tell me more about that process and like how you engage with it. Do you do you like, is it a year? How many, how many times a year does each member of the collective show or, or like curate uh, a show? Uh, we, we always do it collectively. So it's oh, always okay. like, um, yeah. And we, we, uh, we're not as prolific with our curatorial practice as we are with our personal artistic practices, but we do it probably like, um, maybe once a year, once every other year, yeah, yeah. but we take on like larger projects. So like with, yeah, you know, yeah museums or large cultural spaces so yeah take more time to prepare <laughs> no definitely definitely yeah. i yeah. think that the uh what, what uh, i was thinking more of how monte vista does it so i made assumptions of like how you guys do it mm. but there's obviously def- different ways of doing it monte vista i think that uh what they do is like and rakim has been on the show as well deborah bros is coming up and she's going to be on it so it's like definitely yeah. people that I know sort of a little bit in terms of how they run that space. And mm-hmm. I think what they do is they just have like um, people that like, you, you know, like each one of the, each member of it curates a show. So Rakim did a show. I forget what it was called, uh, but it was, that's kind of where I got to, to introduce to um, Andre Terrell Jackson's work and stuff like that. So it's always, it's really helpful right. for like people that aren't involved at all in like mm-hmm. learning about people, right. That, that, that the yeah. curators are interested in. So I, I really enjoy that kind of work. And I think that, you know, as someone who has benefited from that kind of stuff too, <laughs> I think it's, like, <laughs> it's, it, it's, it presents opportunities to show. So uh, I'm all for it. Um, oh, yeah. So tell me a little bit more about your practice before we get into like, your topic we've uh, and full disclosure you're also one of the people that i had to reschedule like crazy because last year was so insane i mean we like we both had hectic schedules i don't want to be like you were always available (laughs) and and ready at my beck and call (laughs) 
<laughs> you're a busy person as well. Right. But like, yeah. yeah, my my busy wasn't fun work. Like your busy sounded more fun because you were doing shows and stuff like that. My busy was like, I need to keep my job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I understand, I understand that part. Um, so my practice it revolves most recently around performance-based work. Mm-hmm. But uh, but that kind of stems from my sculptural and installation practice, and I've been doing a lot more video based work just because performance, live performance isn't as you know <laughs> easy to do right now, or at least yeah. not for people in front of people. Um, so I a lot of my work is kind of based around my connection to uh, my identities and through uh, an exploration of of science and science fiction so that's a kind of really big part of what i do so uh, very much like a latinx futurism okay um, like uh yeah. futurism in terms of like the italian futurists or futurism in terms, in terms, of, terms of like what contemporary people talk about futurism where it's like science fi- like like a futurist yeah. like uh bill joy yeah yeah so like you know okay. like like uh afrofuturism yeah. that kind of thing yeah what's afrofuturism yeah. It's the same thing. It, it's just this idea of like placing uh, black culture and black bodies in the future. So this way of, of perpetuating and kind of putting out this positivity of like, you know, we will exist in the future. Okay. Um, and we will be prosperous and we will be, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So yeah, trying to put like a positive spin on, on my interactions well, with the world. <laughs> that's kind of interesting because there's like a movement in science fiction authors that like feel like they're kind of responsible for the way that the world turned out by setting expectations. <laughs> so, so I think that you're, you're part of that. I think William Gibson is one of them, uh, 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 which is like maybe the biggest person associated with that. But that's, I just thought that was funny because I'm like, yeah, you've certainly made your money off of it, homie. <laughs> but yeah. 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 And that doesn't change the fact that Snow Crash is my favorite book, even though it's entirely about anarcho-capitalism. So, <laughs> or, yeah, anarcho-capitalism. So, uh, so yeah, man. So, uh, so your topic I'm imagining is related. And yeah, in terms of identity, because you've used the term Latinx, I have my reservations with the term. I don't have a problem with yeah. you using it because obviously it seems like you're part of the Q, uh, LGBT or at least the queer community, or I don't know. Uh, what the preferred way of saying it, but like LGBTQ is is still like the appropriate term. Yeah, although I recently yeah. heard a great term uh, that referred to us as the alphabet mafia, which I kind of like. Yeah, <laughs> I think that I think that I first time the time I heard the alphabet people was uh, was from uh, was uh, what's his name who has COVID now, Dave Chappelle. So, and yeah, and I watched some of the his special with uh, with Rakim, and I don't want to. Uh, blow his spot but rakim was like definitely like oh okay like he he definitely was like yeah this is homophobic still <laughs> <laughs> so i'm like okay yeah i have to yeah. acknowledge that in my worldview even though i still enjoy it and thought it was really funny <laughs> right <laughs> i still have to be like okay uh, uh you know uh yeah, but the, the, the uh, things we can enjoy without guilt are getting narrower and narrower isn't it <laughs> yeah it's it yeah. does get a little exhausting but i'm all yeah. for like not marginalizing people. So I'm, I, I you yeah. know, if, uh, I think that there were, my life has essentially been a process of unlearning things that I thought were acceptable, 
you know mm-hmm. like even the mm-hmm. f word when i was a kid that was like not a problem <laughs> i wouldn't <laughs> dream of using it like and it just feels so hateful now you know but at the but i i was like one of those uh straight kids that was just like oh no i I don't mean it like that you know like getting all defensive because you know it's never a good position to be in when you're defensive you know (laughs) when you're making your case and you're like i'm not like that you know like right anyway yeah yeah (laughs) so i try to stay up to date even though (laughs) you know yeah we do uh, what we can yeah what's it called yeah but so so how do you identify uh i'm um I float amongst the spectrum, so I'm closer to probably to, to buy or pan. Yeah. Okay, and for yeah. people like me who only have a cursory understanding of um, sure. the nuance in that that is like the work that's being done by people who are actually in, engaged in it. So pansexual means what? It's a little bit broader, so that that opens up to to um, people who identify as trans or you know as opposed to like cisgendered male or female. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you're, so you're attracted then to, uh, trans people as well is essentially. Yeah. And, people. and non-binary people. people. <laughs> What's yeah. That? I'm just attracted to people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I get, okay. That's a fair way to, 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 that, that's a fair correction. Cool. And I, and I take the note, uh, constructive. Oh, no, no. I mean, no, 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 no. I, I mean, like, I don't know. I know that's not how intended, but I think that huh. that's a fair, like, I, w- I don't like the way I was saying that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, um, cool. Yeah. I mean, I have like, obviously a very cursory understanding of all that. Um, just because it's definitely something that in culture, you sort of have to seek out, uh, a, a little bit more. And I remember mm-hmm. also being, uh, I don't know. Transphobic sounds like I was afraid, but like I was definitely mm-hmm. trans skeptical for, for like mm-hmm. just because I didn't understand it for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I think at, at a certain point, I just realized like, oh, like, what does it matter? <laughs> you know, like, yeah, well, yeah, like I just it it stopped mattering to me, like to make that argument and that, that distinction. So I'm not mm. necessarily the most enlightened person, but, <laughs> but, uh, I guess like less affair, <laughs> I guess. There we we, go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, go, yeah. but I mean, I do think that that's an interesting push that's happened, right? Like, um, where like, I've had people explain to me that they, they don't like black lives matter because they're pro trans. And I'm like, okay like <laughs> you know like that to me that that that's that's like uh like i guess i'm a case study in how like information getting out there can help people sort of like understand things a little bit better right because mm-hmm. essentially mm-hmm. i was just completely ignorant and just like grasping at straws without actually having a person's experience right but yeah. anyway um but yeah I, I i definitely find all like conversations are always helpful so like t- tell me more about your practice and how how it, you like it embodies this sort of um didactic yeah uh, approach um so i guess for me it's also like a way of um pulling myself from this idea of like trauma porn in speaking about uh identity 
Mm-hmm. And and so that futuristic aspect has to do with like putting a positivity on it. Like I said, it's like um, um, I think of a good example in my work. So I did this performance where I was addressing all of the kind of microaggressions uh, I'd experienced throughout my life uh, from white people, and just trying to live in it and and see what it felt like. And it just it didn't feel right just sitting with it. Like I, I wanted to find a solution, not a solution, but like some way out of it. And so in this performance I did um, a few years back, I had different participants who I selected from an audience who were white and they kind of through proxy were representing, you know, other people mm-hmm. in my life and trying to find a way of finding peace with the person. And if, if not, working towards a, a point of forgiveness at some time in the future. Yeah. And so I would go up and I, I gave them these white gloves and they would come up and caress my face and I would caress their face with, with the same kind of gloves. And then I took the gloves and I would, I was pinning them to my out to what I was wearing. Mm-hmm. And so it was like this idea of like, okay, kind of sit with it, live with it. But again, it was like trying to find a way to see if there is a path to forgiveness. Oh, yeah. So it's like a, a practice, if you will, much like, yoga uh, or meditation of like you know you're not going to find the solution in the moment but the more you do this will lead you to yeah yeah. healing as a process rather than like a um resolution yes correct and as a way of like going away from this idea i'm so sorry Uh, i didn't realize that alarm was on um it's a way also of um just not again, just not sitting with that negativity and being like, boohoo, woe is me, this should happen to me, or this shit happens to us. It's like, okay, let's take that and be productive with it, mm-hmm. go forward with it. So, yeah. like, what kind of negativities? Because, so mostly, so this in this particular case, we're talking on race lines, which I can definitely do, mm-hmm. uh, uh, in terms of like, it's one of those things where definitely I am white passing. But there, that like doesn't uh, necessarily protect me all the time from certain mm-hmm. people. And it's like, for example, like I would say that to anybody that is black, from their perspective, I'm a white guy, and that's valid. Mm-hmm. I totally mm-hmm. <laughs> understand that. But yeah. to like a yeah. white dude, <laughs> you know, like when mm-hmm. a black guy is like, "Hey, man, uh, I did. I thought you were completely white until I found out your name was Javier." I'm like, "No, that's fair." I. <laughs> but like, say in uh, when I, you know, I used to work in Manhattan Beach in the South Bay area over over here, and just like different parts of LA that like as progressive as we think of LA, like rich white people <laughs> are still rich white people so oh, i can yeah, totally, yeah. yeah I, I can totally understand the validity of that right like it mm-hmm. it's um especially like also being a hairy motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> a, a fellow brother we bonded over that via instagram fellow right, brother yeah. in, hair, <laughs> in hair having and hair loss i one of the things i want to ask you about is the, the like how what's your you use beard, beard wax or what like i can never grow no. it no, it's I've, just yeah. that's it. Oh, natural. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've tried to use some product before in the past, like waxes and oils and stuff, and I just, I, I couldn't stand it because like I, I could smell it all day. <laughs> and, really? Yeah, and especially I was like, if it's like right here. 
yeah. And then it's like having like that oily sensation. You would touch my face and all of a sudden I'm like, ah. So I was like, no, let's go natural. <laughs> so like then, okay. So tell me more about the that experience a little bit. So that like people that are mm. not familiar with it, you know, like, I mean, I'm sure there's going to be people talk listening to us talk and being like, boo fucking who as well, yeah. right? Like there's a whole range yeah. of the spectrum, but it is oh, yeah. still a valid thing like um, – What's it called? Like, I think most of the people that are going to be a boo fucking hoeing are the are the white people, though. <laughs> In my experience, if you talk to a person yeah. of color about your experience, like someone like of you know more marginalized than you, uh, you 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 find that they're just relieved that you have some level of understanding, even if you can't grasp the whole thing. That like <laughs> immediately yeah, there's yeah. a safety there, right? Yeah. Definitely yeah so. so anyway <laughs> with that preface <laughs> so that white people can yeah. chill the fuck out like what, what's the experience in texas i mean obviously we have also a very bigoted idea of texas in general right mm-hmm. and which which is valid <laughs> which is very valid uh-huh um yeah, yeah it's it's still you know it's still part of of this country and and its history is embedded in it um, Austin being, you know, the, the liberal haven that is quote unquote liberal haven, you know, it's a very white liberal haven. And like you were saying, you know, like, um, class will, will Trump, excuse the, the phrase, will Trump, um, skin color or, or cultural background. Yeah. So, um, you know, you, you, you feel it for sure. Um, yeah everywhere it's just like that's just part of the experience and uh i like i said i grew up in el paso so you know went to a predominantly uh mexican school like with you know lots of latinos and so when i went away to college the, the experience was like so jarring yeah because i went to school up in sherman texas which is just like north of dallas and it it was like over shock because it was like okay I am a minority now. I know what it feels like to be a minority within. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know. No, I, I relate to that, especially leaving Miami was a very specific experience because mm. it was like that. First of all, that was the first time I wasn't identified as Hispanic at all. Like people out here do not think of me as Latino. Uh, they either think I'm Persian, Arab, Armenian. I get everything. I get that. Same here. <laughs> oh, I'm sure you do. I'm sure we would like the people would think that we're brothers. Right, yeah. <laughs> Watch me grow that oh, yes. motherfucking beard, man. Yeah. <laughs> I even get people from those cultures who think I'm, I'm part of No, yeah, yeah. People speak Farsi yeah. to me all the time. Yeah. That's not offensive. What is offensive, exactly, and here's yeah. one of my microaggressions, which I'm sure you've had happen, is like, where people are relieved when they find out that you're not Middle Eastern or that you're not like whatever yeah. they thought you were like that, that can be yeah. a pretty like, Ooh, now we're having a us versus them conversation that <laughs> wasn't yeah. like. <laughs> yeah. It turns on a dime. Yeah. Pretty, pretty yeah. uncomfortable. Um, well, it's funny because like a lot of the microaggressions I've experienced are because people assume I'm Middle yeah. Eastern. Oh yeah, um, no, that's I know I know more about uh anti Islamophobia than I know about like a, a anti Hispanic sentiment like 100%, you know. Oh yeah. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. Uncomfortable. <laughs> I so I actually that, made work about that. 
Oh, really? Yeah. Like, like tell me about it. Uh, so it was, it's a, a, a sculptural installation and it was this uh, table that had holes drilled through it and popping through were, were articles of clothing that were uh, the colors of both the, the Mexican and Iranian flags. So the red, white, and green. And this mm-hmm. kind of playing with this whole idea of like, which is which and yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, those uh, those flag colors. I, I I don't know if you got a chance to listen to. I had a, a vexillologist on um, this woman, Christina Victor, who's also oh, Cuban. I did, yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. shit blew my mind. She got me thinking about like you know Trumpism and like just how appropriated red is in, <laughs> and it can mean so many different things. It can be communist. It can also be like extremely right wing. It's, it's all of that shit is crazy. I, 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 I like, uh, I'm still kind of interested in poking in a little bit deeper into that one. <laughs> and she was all like, ah, I made you a nerd. <laughs> but yeah, all of that shit is interesting. So, um, so then, what like do you ever feel like you're not accepted by like i think one of the beautiful things about uh speaking spanish do you speak spanish i do yeah yeah. i I think one of the beautiful things about that is like the 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 rivalries and the community between like latin american cultures and how we have like this like common language but completely different experiences and completely different values in very many cases although Mm -hmm. it does seem like one socialist value is kind of emerging (laughs) (laughs) no matter how far how hard america tries to beat that shit down but um but yeah like that's one of the things that i love it's just like just being able to like Oye, Cubano, like where, where you just start identifying each other by your nation, which is <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> you know, Oye, Mexico. <laughs> that's such a Cuban old, or that's such a old Latino man thing. I don't think our generation does it quite as much, but no, like no. when you're playing soccer, I don't know if you play soccer, but like that's one of the things oh, no. like, Brazil, Brazil. <laughs> <laughs> Calling for a pass. So yeah, yeah that's, that's one of the things that I, I definitely like it's always fascinating to me because that, I don't know, there is, it, it does make us have our own little thing. Like, you know how white people have their own little thing where it's mostly cultural, even though we have a common language, mm-hmm. but like the, the, I don't know if it comes from like British stiff, uh, stiff upper lipism, but like that sort of mm-hmm. um, what's it called? Waspy, like, distance between family members and stuff oh, like yeah that. yeah they're very stoic kind of yeah. and that and that yeah. that fucking condescending thing is like oh latin american families are so close you know they have family values like fuck you <laughs> 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 but anyway so so tell me a little bit more like do you as, as like a, a queer person does that come up at all with your latin identity and then also do you ever feel like you're not identified as a Hispanic with your own community or do you, are you easily recognized by your own people as like, you know, cause like if I'm in Miami, Cubans are like, I think you know, but like, yeah. Yeah. It definitely has to do with, with where you are. Yeah. Um, like here in the, in the States, I, I rarely get plot <laughs> from my background. Uh, in fact, it, it can be really frustrating because, like, there's a little uh, Mexican grocery store down the street from me, and I go there all the time. And you know, everyone there is—I mean, it's—I mean, it's—it's it's a, it's a little embassy basically. You walk in there, and you're just like, okay, this is not <laughs> the U.S. anymore. Yeah. And 
everyone's speaking Spanish. And so I, I just speak Spanish too to them. And, but then when I get to the checkout, you know, it's time to, to have that interaction. Like they refuse to speak to me in Spanish, even if I'm speaking in Spanish. Wow. And, um, and I was like, come on, y'all. <laughs> at, the very, at the very least, if you think that I'm not, quote unquote, one of you, um, then, you know, at least this person who is not one of you is trying to speak your language, then speak it back, you know? But, yeah. Yeah, oh, well, it whatever. is. It does feel like a rejection. I totally feel that. That also, because yeah. in Miami, dude, if you don't speak Spanish to people, like you are sort of, I remember white people growing up. I had for, uh, friends, this guy, Steve, and this other guy, um, Robert, and they they were like straight up white Americans, right? Mm-hmm. And it was also a weird experience to have because they lived in Miami. So their parents would always complain about how they had to be bilingual to really get a job here and stuff like that. And uh, it's kind of like that South Park setup where like the white people are poor <laughs> and token is the rich one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was like this reverse thing. But then, but then you leave, um, leave Miami and you go into like the rest of Florida and it's this white flight uh, mm-hmm. hostility or like, you know, like, uh, oh, I mean, I've de- dated people whose parents were clear that they didn't like Cubans and told me so, mm-hmm. you oh, know, yeah. so, so like, and I, you know, when I was young, I was like, I love dating white girls, pisses their dads off. <laughs> 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 but, but all that shit is crazy to me. It's like, it's, there's this hostility. I don't know. I, I've also noticed that there's like a lot of people that try to assimilate real hard. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I've, I've talked to Hondurans that are like, you know, like Uber drivers that were upset at Hondurans because they're like, um, cause of the, it was around the time of the caravan and, mm-hmm. and it was just like, you know, like, cause they give us a bad name and I'm like, Oh, <gasps> mm-hmm. <laughs> that just Yikes. hurts me. You know, like Yikes. it's self-loathing. Yeah. It's learned yeah. self-loathing. So, I, man, all of this shit is so crazy. But yeah, well, I don't I mean, know. This, this, this culture will fuck you up for sure. Yeah. I mean, it, it goes out of its way to make you hate who you are, whether it's your culture, your orientation. Yeah. 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 And how do you um, how do you envision this future? Like, is it going to be kind of like raves like in the Matrix? <laughs> that can always be part of it yeah why not what are they right, what, what mean, are they bringing to the raves that depends what are they bringing to the raves? <laughs> psychedelics man like always <laughs> pure mdma there you go. <laughs> no but seriously tell me tell me a little bit uh, more about the the futurism and like what like what do you envision the world because i mean i think that that would be yeah. a, to a lot of people right now mm-hmm. uh, yeah so so the work that i most recently did it was, it's dealing with time travel uh, specifically. And it's about having gone back into the past to create a better now, if that makes any mm-hmm. sense. So you um, kill Hitler in it? <laughs> doesn't everybody do that when they try and time travel? <laughs> um, no, well, I, if you didn't, you're a horrible person. Then there's always the thing. What if, what if Hitler was a baby when you when you get to him? You kill a baby. I would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm just gonna take a sip of this real. <laughs> I wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, 
I'd put um, him in a box there you go. <laughs> with no holes. <laughs> and then it'll be Schrodinger's Hitler. <laughs> there you go. Oh gosh. <laughs> anyway, that got weird. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> My apologies. It's all good. It's all good. Uh, uh, so your piece <laughs> about optimism oh, and time yeah, travel. Yeah. Yeah, so, so this work I recently had up in, in December was me going back to the time I lived in El Paso growing up and mm. sending messages to my younger self in a way as far as like holding on to that identity even when you get out of that, you know, ness of, of Mexicanidad that you were living in into, into the, the larger world and kind of like these reminders and kind of placing... Uh, ideas into my head from back then to to exist yeah. now yeah like so what kind just of about, sorry uh, just this idea of like you know not losing yourself um not letting yourself uh be pushed around by this this culture into assimilating or um feeling bad about yourself um yeah just things like that that's the basics you know yeah well, I mean, it's visual art. It, 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 mm-hmm. it, it, just because uh, you can explain it easily doesn't mean you get the whole, <laughs> exactly. yeah, the whole exactly. emphasis, right? Like, <laughs> I'm sure you've written an artist statement that's a little bit more involved than that, but it's yeah. hard to like, <laughs> in conversation, be like, ah, let me pull this out. <laughs> yeah, right. I know, I know. <laughs> like awkwardly reading me, or you have your artist statement memorized. That'd be a great oh, interview. Dang. Oh, I'm, I'm horrible. I have a horrible memory. So no, that, that will never happen. <laughs> yeah. So, so then like, I imagine, what do you, are there any prescriptions? Like, is it, is your utopian dream somewhat ultimately socialist? Like what, what, what is the, is there like, it's just an, I mean, and which either, I'm not saying like just, but like, is the, sure. are the parameters limited to, it being that you're just envisioning this sort of future or are you thinking about any types of like, um, uh, like, like what kind of economic system or is it more about um, blending like sci-fi aesthetics with like a mindset of um, like, we're going to survive this. Yeah. Uh, well, well, it's very, it's very personal, very, individualized so again like this piece in particular was like it's to me from me mm-hmm. and helping myself just kind of get along so that it's not like i have this larger framework that i'm trying to establish through it as far as like you know an economic system or political yeah, system yeah. or anything like that it was just like okay here's how you're gonna get from point a to point b and be your best and you know just to be a, a good person in the world but also have your boundaries kind of thing so like a process of self-parenting also right there you go that yeah what you learn yeah yeah. Yeah. so yeah that's interesting and so it's like a more internal in this particular case more internal Mm -hmm. uh, like like a a dialogue with yourself which is interesting Mm -hmm. i mean like people it's it's uh who wouldn't want to fucking talk some sense into their younger self (laughs) right (laughs) <laughs> mine know. would be like what are you doing she likes you stop <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Let's just date her to piss off her dad. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. The, the, I'm talking more about the white girls I didn't get. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> the ones that got away because <laughs> wow, I was no. too insecure. <laughs> anyway. We beat that that <laughs> that to the ground. Right. Let's go back to Hitler. We? I'm gonna. I'm so gonna get canceled for my approach. Like a, 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 a class of uh, white women are gonna be like, no. I'm gonna be like, they're gonna all come out and be like, and he was racist towards us. He told us we were <laughs> bad the whole time. Ah, <laughs> uh, the world is fucking crazy. It really is. <laughs> So, so do you have any, like, um, have you, what, what, what's the experience with being uh, queer and Latino? Cause I mean, I know that the stereotype is always that it's hard, but I'm from mm-hmm. Miami. So my understanding of it is that like, you can have Republicans that are pro gay as long as it's mm-hmm. their kid that's gay. Right. Like, yeah. Is that, yeah. is that sort of your experience or is Mexican um, machista? Yeah. Yeah. It pretty much is. Um, and I, I do spend a lot of time in Mexico, uh, Mexico City specifically. So it's it's obviously like a, a you know a metropolis. It's like this gigantic place, but it's a lot more open-minded and liberal than you know most of the country. But um, you still you still kind of see the, the shades. You interact with people who have different experiences with uh, their families or what that situation is like. Um, I, I did get to go to uh, a pride march there in, when was this? It was like five, six years ago, maybe. And it was like insane. It was like the biggest gathering of people I've ever seen in my life. Really? It was like, it was like this gigantic river of people and like people like on the sidelines, like of all backgrounds that you could even imagine being there to support these people. So that, that was like really crazy empowering to see like, whoa, Mm-hmm. Um, and I, uh, yeah, I was there with my, my best friend who, um, was also like my, my co-host, one of my co-hosts on my podcast and oh, you have he's a African- podcast? I do. Yeah. 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 Oh, what's it called? Are, are we following and each other on podcasts? I'm, I'm really bad at keeping up there with the social media on the podcast. Okay. So maybe we are. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I don't I, know. I'm what's it called? That, yeah. El Puente. El Puente. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll seek you out on Instagram. Oh, nice. Nice. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's three of us that do the podcast and it's uh, my two best friends who are African-American. And anyway, so he was with me on, uh, on this trip and like we went, I mean, we literally just got carried away by this river and it was so funny because obviously it's racist, but it was, I don't want to say well-meaning, but I guess, um, a gentler racism, if you will, mm-hmm. where people were just like fascinated because, you know, I mean, you see black people in, in Mexico city, but I don't know, just something about like these throngs of people were just like wanting to take pictures with him. Oh Jesus. And, but I'm talking <laughs> like, yeah, but I'm talking like, you know, these little grandmas and all these people and just like hugging him and just like, like they were just fascinated. So yeah. it was like, a bit uncomfortable but i mean he took it in stride he he loved it and he was just like it's hard when they're like, loving you <laughs> yeah he he had fun with it though because he was like you know yeah make sure to buy my album when it comes out he didn't have an album coming out. yeah, yeah. Just, <laughs> <laughs> just playing with the situation um yeah. 
but yeah, it was just like this very open, it, yeah, this environment. It, it surprised me, but it was, mm. yeah, it was pretty magical. But um, I think Abdiel was yeah. living there for a while, and I got to see a lot about of the underground, like uh trans perform like or drag queen scene and whatnot mm -hmm. uh mm -hmm. out there and so my perception of it is like it's very accepting but that's only because of what i see on instagram from the people that like i follow right so yeah, yeah. It, but <clears throat> i have also known women to be like mexican women say like i don't want to live there because it's so fucking machista and i'm like oh shit yeah oh yeah <laughs> that, that's that's the prevailing energy for sure is the machismo uh, what do you think that comes culture. from? Do you, would you or do you not dare to speculate? I don't know. Yeah, um, I mean, it, it's hard for me to say because it's kind of uh, at a distance for me. Because my father was totally not like that. Mm -hmm. He was he was very much um, like he let my mom run the family kind of thing, and he he adored her and like never said anything inappropriate about women or you know. So it was like. Total opposite. Uh, but, you know, growing up on the border, like we lived kind of, you know, transnationally, going there and shopping and things. And so you would experience it. And so it's, yeah, that kind of like, okay, I know this is there. I know this is, and then traveling to different parts of Mexico and still seeing that energy. Um, would you say Texas is less machista though? Because that's also the perception. In, in the, the Mexican community here or just in No, general, I just states? mean Texas as like a way, as a don't tread on me way of life. Like, Oh gosh. Cause no. I think that that's kind of how the rest yeah. of the country perceives it. Is, isn't it also oh, yeah. kind of like that over there? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Interesting. I think so. <laughs> no. <laughs> isn't it also homophobic? Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, I think <laughs> I think there's no border. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a fair conclusion. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so what else, man? Like uh what 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 other stuff are you into like in terms of um what you like are you at all political? Are you, I mean, or, or is it mostly uh, like politics of identity that you're intru inter interested or are you at all yeah. into like, like, I'm just curious, you know, cause I don't get to talk to people from Texas, like on a daily basis. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. I, I want to get like, obviously I get the sense that you consider yourself at least liberal. Would you say you're farther left than liberal? Would you say you're like, mm -hmm. I'll let you, I'll let you take so. it from here. Yeah. 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 No, I'm, I'm, I'm more progressive, uh, than, you know, the politics that we tend to have in this country. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I would consider myself an activist too. I try to stay engaged in the conversations. Um, I mean, that's what we do a lot on, on our podcasting is like, uh, kind of delving into those issues. Um, I, it's funny cause I'm noticing though, that the older my friends and I are getting that I can see them, they're still, still pretty like open-minded and, you know, progressive, but I can see hints of like, not stodginess, because that's the first word that came to mind, but that's totally not the word, but just kind of those boundaries are, are coming up a little more, which is interesting to see through, through our conversations. But I would say, um, yeah, I'm pretty, 
pretty bleeding heart. Um, the, the school that I teach at, I mean, I work with predominantly lower income black and brown kids. So mm. that's my experience too on a daily basis. Um, you know, I, I, half of my time I'm teaching in Spanish to immigrant kids, um, many of whom may or may not be documented. So those are like the people I interact with every day. So that is going to, is bound to affect my mm. reality as far as like my view of the world. Yeah. So, yeah. How do you feel about um, <clears throat> sort of this idea of like, everything is okay now that we have a democratic power. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to name uh, names and politicians yeah, we don't have to get right, into right, it like right. but i'm just saying it just in general terms how do you feel about that sentiment <laughs> there is a bit of a mental respite in not having to like cringe every time i'm about to read the news yeah <laughs> um but you know that's a false sense of security too it's just, i mean it's not you know like we, we still have kids in cages and it's like you know yeah, what, a, 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 almost a month into his presidency. Well, um, and then you know, also like it's technically four months, oh, no, four years and a couple months into like. <laughs> well, yeah, 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 yeah. But, you, know, you, you, you have your hopes, and you're like, you know, yeah. like okay, maybe uh, something will change. Um, I don't know. It's it's. Why do you think we like to imprison people so much here, man? Because it's easier than dealing with them. You think? Mm -hmm. You don't think it's just for straight for profit? Oh, well, definitely. I mean, I, I mean, think both, both, they're yeah, not mutually yeah. exclusive. Yeah. Yeah. That's oh, yeah. crazy. They're making, making lots of money. Yeah. And, and getting undesirables out of the way. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's a crazy time to, for me. Like, it just seems like, <clears throat> it basically just seems the only thing that has changed is that you're not reading, you're reading articles that are less sensational but mm -hmm. also like kind of covering for things that are kind of bad <laughs> mm. like there was a time article that came out recently that, mm -hmm. that was like all about this cabal of heroic powerful people who did things in the shadows to make sure that like trump didn't get reelected. and i'm like wait what <laughs> <laughs> These heroic, powerful power brokers that like saved us from Trump. Oh I'm my like, gosh! Mm. <laughs> yeah, yikes! That's not scary at all. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> so, what kind of activism do you get involved in then? So, is it like mostly local stuff, or? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I, I participated a bit in the Black Lives Matter marches um, last summer mm -hmm. or spring and summer. Um, which was, you know, that was interesting because we're also dealing with COVID. So you're like, yeah, there's an extra layer there to that. Um, and back then it was like, there was still so much misinformation about COVID. We thought we were all going to die. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it was, it was all the possibility, you know, after, yeah. so it's like, it's kind of roulette, uh, Russian roulette, you know, you don't know, you don't know what you're going to get. <laughs> Never. Um, so yeah, so that you know, through that I've done a lot of marches and and protest stuff. Uh, again, just are there any particular uh, causes that like matter to you specifically that are related to Austin or the air, general area? Because that's one of the things. I mean, I ask it that way because I just had yeah. somebody from uh, this uh, 
I forget. I don't even want to give it a label, but it was a group. Let, uh-huh. Let's call it a collective, uh, okay. but not an art collective, a collective that is in like, <laughs> um, in defiance of this like neighborhood being gentrified. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of gotten me thinking about how like important all of that shit is that local stuff. I mean, everybody mm-hmm. always thinks, says think global act local, but are there any like causes specific to your area that people might not know? I mean, obviously there's a lot of, of uh, ice uh, related shit, I'm sure. Right. Like mm-hmm. is there anything that like is unique to Texas or anything like that, that we don't hear about elsewhere because it doesn't get covered by the broader media. Um, I don't think so. I mean, I think it's pretty much the same general kind of issues. I mean, um, you know, uh, Austin, Austin's like really, I mean, it's, it's, it's a done deal with gentrification. I mean, it's, it's just like, yeah. you know, we, we, we put up the fight that we could and it's like, okay, this is the new reality, unfortunately. Um, you know, again, dealing with immigration politics, like, you know, have, I've had, uh, students whose parents were deported and, having to deal with the, the ramifications of that for the kids. So um, that, that how, how does, is that like a regular thing? Kids just go missing from your class because of de- deportations and shit like that? Or no, or I wouldn't say regular. No, no, no. Okay. Um, but it, but it, it has happened. happened. It has happened. Yeah. 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 That's crazy. Uh, and of course, you know, black lives matter is still uh, a big thing here. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just pretty much the same, same bullshit, just a different accent. <laughs> <laughs> can you give me a Texas accent so that I can hear it? <laughs> oh gosh, I'm usually pretty good at accents. But I'm, I guess I'm just not, it depends on what part of Texas too. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, there's, there's, there's some bullshit for sure. The reason I ask is because I think there's like a, thing, a discussion on the left because I, I don't know if you've ever heard of the Trillbillies podcast, but um, there's there's like some leftists that are from the South and have Southern accents and they have a show and they're kind of talking about how like, have you guys ever noticed that when like here, like, I, I mean, I wish I hadn't set it up like this. Now I could just be like, hey, do a dumb person <laughs> accent. <laughs> and chances are that even I would like probably be like, yeah, you know, <laughs> like a Southern accent is equal to like yeah. stupidity to us in this really weird way. So like people on the left are like, ah, this is probably not helping us <laughs> on the actual <laughs> left, not on the, uh, on the uh, crime bill left. All right. Yeah, but I mean, at some point, we're, we're going to have to all learn a, a common language. Um, you know, it's, you know, obviously, we're never going to completely agree with lots of people on the other side. But I think uh, ignoring the fact that, that they're human and they have what they got to deal with, too, on a daily basis. I mean, they're dealing with poverty. They're dealing with all the same issues that we are. And, like, once we can speak a language where we're not talking down to them. I think that that's a huge part of uh, the problem with, with uh, the liberal side of things is like, it's always about like, Oh, we're more educated and we're going to talk over you, (laughs) talk over your heads. You know, that doesn't endear people to a cause either. And I also kind of, I mean, this is not something new, but I'm always skeptical of like institutions that people worship, like, Ivy League schools. Uh, what didn't the the mm-hmm. the dean of uh, Columbia Journalism 
like he was pro he came out pro censorship and pro like i was like oh okay like uh, uh, yeah. I, I matched with someone on 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 Tinder and she was attractive, but I, but it said like she she studied at, at Columbia and I was like, what did you study at Columbia? She was like, journalism. And I was like, ghost. <laughs> We're just not gonna get along. It's like why even try to have an argument about it? You know, uh, yeah. it's uh, it's a very anti Julian Assange mindset that comes out of those Ooh. institutions. Ooh. And that, but I I do think that that's like something you know like this is probably coming from people like Dave Anthony and uh, who who's a comedian who does a, a a show called the West Wing thing where they go and they break mm-hmm. down they watch every episode of the West Wing uh, and like discuss how it has destroyed American political society and like poisoned a young generation of like Obama staffers, like the fucking pod save America people and all (laughs) all of that. And uh, like, it's the, um, all of this shit. It's like, it's really interesting because what, what he's basically saying is that a lot of the people that get like to kind of get good at comedy, you have to, spend a lot of time doing it and the people that can spend a lot of time doing it are the people who have like resources you know like mm-hmm. parents that can support them which tends yeah. to be people that can go to Privilege. harvard yeah. yeah and they go and they write stories about how shitty the middle of the country is <laughs> and mm-hmm. then people like us end up making fun of people from the south <laughs> and talking like they're dumb. <laughs> it's this crazy weird like market force you know so i i always find that kind of uh thinking interesting right like in terms of like why do we do shit like this? You know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Like my favorite thing is how we've divided, how some somehow like um, the left and the right split like worker uh, protection, right? So the right was the one that was like, oh, fuck all immigrants. Uh, immigrants are bad, even though the, their corporations were doing great. And then the Democrats were like, no, that's racist. We should ship all our jobs away. <laughs> and by dividing that argument, they just picked our fucking middle class apart. Like, <laughs> it's insane how they do that shit. So I don't know. I agree with you on that sentiment of like, yeah, we're going to have to talk to people that we don't agree with, even racists, you know, like yeah. that are poor. I don't know. It's tough because I mean, you know, your first inclination is to be like, you know, fuck you, yeah. <laughs> get out of my face. How dare you? You don't think I should exist on on many levels? So, I, yeah. but um, I think I mean, and I say, being a teacher, like we have to educate people too, and you can't educate them if they're not listening. Yeah. They're not going to listen if you're talking down to them. Oh my God, that's my yeah. favorite ed- educator. <laughs> <laughs> The one that treats me like I'm an idiot. <laughs> what what made you decide to get into education? Uh, did did you have any like learning disabilities, or you just felt like you wanted to contribute? Yeah, um, I didn't realize it until like so. This is this is my twentieth year at at this school and and in education period. Uh-huh. And um, that you were saying twenty eighth year in the world, and I was like, fuck you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I did not look twenty eight, please. No, this is my 20th year as a, as a teacher. Um, <laughs> you, you can stop laughing at the fact that I don't look 28. Thanks. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I can be Laugh a bully sometimes. A <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, and so over the course of, of those many years, especially as I, I focus more on, on, on reading, I have seen signs that, um, that I have, I'm probably dyslexic to some level. 
Mm-hmm. And I just know, knowing now what I know that how the brain can compensate in different ways to to get through that. Um, so I, I probably do, but that that was never my intention of going into education. Mm-hmm. Um, I literally started right when I got to Austin. Um, I was doing kind of graphic design based work before that, and I moved here. Your expression was, made it seem like you really enjoyed that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it was a lot of corporate. Yeah, corporate yeah. Shit, so it's like, ugh. I enjoy doing design, but it's not, not for, for other people's tastes, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Which is what the whole career is about. Um, but yeah, so um, I, I moved here and uh, I couldn't, it was right at the beginning of the, the Bush recession and it was really hard to find a job. And 2008? Like, you know what? 2001. Oh, the wait. Bush, Bush, wait, the Bush recession? Well, the beginning, like when he was about to take office and like, I guess it was the, the beginning, the end of the Clinton years when like the economy oh, okay, had gone okay, so okay. high that it was coming back down. Okay. Um, yeah. So like couldn't find jobs and it was like freaking out. And I was like, you know, but I've always really gotten along really well with kids. I wonder if I can do some sub subbing for a while until I find something. And I, I did it and I was like, you know, I really like this. I like being around kids or they kind of humble you. Yeah. humbling <laughs> and so I, I applied for a job and there was it's a desperate need of a bilingual teacher that they were like okay you're hired on the spot wow you start tomorrow and you but you have to be in this program and be working toward your certification and um yeah so i just kind of did that and i was like well i'll just do this for a couple of years and here it is 20 years later <laughs> wow and i'm like se- seven years away from retiring re- retiring with benefits and everything so like that sounds I amazing. Be, I guess I'll be here for a while. <laughs> Does it, it's, and I get the sense that you don't feel like it's something that, I mean, it seems like there's new challenges every day, right? Like, cause there's mm-hmm. new personalities you're always dealing with. I used to oh, yeah. uh, uh, train youth athletes. So I, that's a, such a fancy way of saying I was a soccer coach. <laughs> I coached club though. <laughs> I got, I've coached year round. <laughs> it was competitive. It was a fucking nightmare job. But <laughs> nothing like having uh, authority over people who have economic power over you. <laughs> Trying to manage that yeah, power like, gap is that like, knife in. Yeah, which I'm go. sure you have, have nothing but experience in too, right? Well, I guess based on your students, it sounds like you don't, yeah. but, or like you're not dealing with that part, right no. now. No, I mean, my, my school is getting gentrified though. So I, we are yeah. dealing with more families, uh, that are well off and brings its own challenges altogether. <laughs> yeah. That like to blame the teacher for the kid. Yeah. It's so, not yeah. like in the seventies. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with your kid? <laughs> yeah. What the fuck is wrong with you kid? <laughs> the seventies and eighties were about adult solidarity against the children. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it was all the cocaine, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. High strung adults. I don't know. Mm. I don't know. Do you have any stuff that's coming up, man? Do you have any like things that you'd like to plug? Um, I think my, my brain has been fried. Cause I, I'm, so I'm teaching all day through zoom, which is mm-hmm. not ideal. Uh, but I'm also working on my masters remotely. So I'm on the computer all night <laughs> doing work <laughs> and doing readings and whatnot. Um, I have mostly like a lot of like speaking kind of talk, you know, 
engagements coming up more than anything else. Um, what are those? What kind of panels. topics are you addressing on those? So um, I'll be, I'll be giving Newton. a lecture. Cake or cookie? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I'm going to start hosting panels. <laughs> I think I'd be good. <laughs> yes. That'd be great. That, that'd go really well at this uh, space here in Austin called MOHA, the Museum of Human Achievement. Oh, cool. They, yeah. they, they will sometimes have, have people uh, do uh, PowerPoint presentations on just random topics. <laughs> that'd be good. <laughs> Next time you're in Austin, we'll, we'll see if we can hook one up for you. <laughs> <laughs> I would love that. Now I have to right? make a whole conspiracy theory behind it. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> With like, uh, you know, arrows pointing everywhere. Yes. <laughs> it's got to it's gotta have a satanic origin. I don't know. All the things that I like. Yes. <laughs> Serial killers. <laughs> Throw a little a Jeffrey. And, yeah, a white girl. girl. No, pa- white angry girls. parents. Yeah. Angry white parents. <laughs> Dude, could you imagine if I like dated a 18-year-old white girl, how upset that white parent would be? Oh, oh my, my God. gosh. Um, <laughs> yeah, you'd, you'd be doing time, I think. <laughs> 18 is legal. I'd get shot, though. <laughs> no, they, they, they probably trump up charges on something, you know. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Ese Latino. They'd, no, they'd probably be like, I'm not letting an Arab touch my daughter. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. And on that inappropriate note <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> now this whole thing this whole troll comes from uh the idea that uh that every have you ever met a woman who didn't love harold and Maude, the movie that has not come up in conversation very much oh really oh okay yeah, I, there's yeah. there's not a single woman that doesn't love harold and Maude, which is about an old like geriatric literally geriatric woman dating a 17 year old boy and I'm like, <laughs> okay <laughs> I'm like, why don't we cancel her? <laughs> right, yeah. Anyway, oh, our society's mod. complicated. Oh, mod. Yeah. Get it, girl. <laughs> Get it, mod. <laughs> All right, this has gone off the rails. <laughs> it really has. <laughs> it's been fun. It's been fun. It's been fun. Uh, I'll, yeah. uh, I'll definitely try to keep in touch and have you again at some point. Once I have the All resources right. to you. have guests back and do two episodes a week, which sounds like a far-off dream. Uh, I definitely want to talk to you again, man. And uh, so, and you are, what's your, what's your um, Instagram and website it's and all Mr. that? Uh, Mr. Michael Me on everything. Mr. Michael Me on Instagram everything. and my website. Yeah. Mr. Michael Me. Uh, me M-E. Yep. Yep. Okay. Dot com. And we yeah. are uh, at What's My Thesis. We are on YouTube. Go like and subscribe us on there if you're listening on audio. And if you're watching us on YouTube and you want to listen to us while you're driving, hook it up, bro. Get us everywhere. Just like anywhere you can get us in your ears or eyes, <laughs> like just like bombard yourself with What's My Thesis. <laughs> it's good for you. <laughs> I've gone full capitalist. All right. <laughs> Have a good one, dude. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. All right. Let me stop the recording. Hold on. And then, uh, hold on. Uh, Stop recording.